by McQuano Coffee Roasters, McQuanoCoffee.com, a not-really-live remote from the publishing moguls and media mavens behind all your favorite books. It's the Gut Check Press Podcast with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zachary Bartles. Can I, can I tell you something funny that happened last night? Yeah, go. After after we'd gone to bed, okay. I'm still trying to suss out what, what, what the that kind of mental gymnastics going on in my my kind of sleep-addled mind was. Yeah. So so your house is a little colder than I'm used to. Yeah, we keep it cool. And, um, like, I like a cold room at night. Sure. But we pile the blankets on, and I don't yeah. know where you keep your blankets and stuff. Yeah. And I woke up, and I was very cold. And I, it occurred to me, there's a little space heater in your, your uh, cigar room. You control the thermostat in that wing, though. Like, I... Oh. You could have... You could have... Yeah, you could have uh, just... Notch that thing up. A, a well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. Gosh, there's so there's three separate like thermostat zones. Yeah. Three in your house. Three different HVACs. Yeah. Wow, buddy. Oh, you know if that was me, and, uh-huh. I, and I don't mean to introduce. I know that you've already. This has already occurred to you. If that was me, yeah. that would be a constant thought on my mind. Like, what if all three go out at once? Oh, it's a constant thought on my okay. mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you presuppose in someone. You would think that having three HVACs would make a man happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's what we've all wanted. Yeah, you would think. My like, arm around Mary Lou Retton, <laughs> sitting on the couch with three separate furnaces going. Yeah, three furnaces, three different, like, you know, touch pads that I can manipulate <laughs> as I see fit. But, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I didn't think of that. I went and I got the little the little thing. Yeah. I plugged in and I turned it on. Yeah. It warmed up in there within, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. And uh, I turned it off. Okay. I'm like, I, I don't know, it, it was safe, but I didn't I, I didn't want to waste your electricity, yeah. and I didn't want, like, a thing going while I was yeah, asleep. Sure. And then I woke up, like, an hour and a half later. Yeah. And I still felt fine. It was still warm in there. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I got to go put this I gotta go put this back in the, the cigar room so that Ted doesn't know that I did this. Yeah. And I went and put it back, like, okay. just like it was. Yeah. And then I came back and got in bed, and I thought, what was that? Yeah, like, I'm... I'm <laughs> Like I'm this tyrant that's gonna like. Why do, why do I think you would care? With a hair trigger temper, I'm just gonna snap. You did what? You did what? That is not yours. Where's my space heater? <laughs> it's in another room. <laughs> I don't believe it. Who do you oh, think you are? My goodness. It's... Yeah. <laughs> and then and then I was like so bemused by that and and kind of laughing about it that it sort of woke me up and I was up yeah. for a while. I feel like that's kind of delightfully on brand for you and also for our company in the sense that like finding a much harder way to do something that could have easily been been done in a matter of seconds but I got it done but you got it done yeah eventually you got it done with a few trips across like the the grounds yeah the grounds and then you had to undo it and uh, (laughs) and then you had to put it back as though it had never been touched arguably I didn't have to do those last two things that's (laughs) right yeah yeah in your heart you felt like you you had to (laughs) Lest you incur the wrath of of me and <laughs> no, I know you wouldn't be angry. I was, I didn't. Well, know. and also you were like, you know, ever wake up and just have like a compulsion to do something and you don't yeah, totally. It's irrational. It's sleep addled. One time when I was about, uh, I don't know, probably eight or nine years old. Yeah, my bedroom was up on the second floor. Yeah. L- later, my bedroom was in the basement, but our playroom was in the basement. Yeah, yeah. And I remember very clearly getting up. Yeah. Getting out of bed, I didn't have to go to the bathroom or anything. Just yeah. walking down the stairs, yeah. then down the stairs to the basement, going and curling up on this little love seat. This like old love seat that was down in our, our room with no blankets, nothing yeah. in a basement. Okay. And 
my apparently my my mother got up to go to the bathroom, saw my door open, nobody in there, and like went and woke up my sister and said, "Where's Zach? Have you seen Zach?" Yeah. And so they're like searching for me. My dad finally finds me, and I very clearly remember him like scooping me up uh-huh. and me going. I'm so cold. <laughs> and he brought me back up. But and the next morning, they're like, why did you go down there? And they were like surprised I went down there by myself because it was yeah. creepy down there. And I was, you know, yeah. I was a little kid. I was kind of creeped out by the dark. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I just remember I totally had to do it. That's really funny. Yeah. And, and what, what's interesting about the anecdote from last night was that you were presupposing that, like, the first thing that I do in the morning <laughs> is go and check to see that everything's as directed. <laughs> Yeah, in the smoke room. On a clipboard. <laughs> just go around yeah, the house. Yeah. All right, coffee maker's still there. I'm like an FAA guy doing a pre-flight check on an airplane, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Thermostats as I left it. 61 degrees. There. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. All my DVDs. Let me go by title. All yeah, right. Yeah. Where is the space heater? Exactly. Everyone, gather. Where's the space heater that I paid $15 for <laughs> seven years ago? You know. <laughs> I love it, dude. Yeah, no, you you would. Where's the, where's the thermostat so everyone listening can know if they <laughs> if they stay at your house for five days? Yeah, so if you go right outside of like Tristan and Maxim's bedrooms, on the wall adjacent to like the linen closet is the thermostat. Ah, so you okay. you could have found it there. And then the middle mid part of the house thermostat is in my room. And then the uh, little apartment over the over the garage has its own. There's also like an old school. Like mercury-based thermostat, mm-hmm. right by your kitchen. Yeah, yeah. What does that control? Nothing. Uh, nothing. Yeah, oh, okay. I think, I, I think it's a throwback to an older time. Yeah. I like those better. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer those to like the the uh, digital ones. Yeah, the digital ones. And I'm sure you've had this experience as you've like stayed in Airbnbs. Sometimes they're so complicated, and I know I sound like I'm 94, but like. You have to like learn a whole new, you know, like programming language. language. <laughs> yeah, before you can like make your Airbnb comfortable for a one night. You know, it's uh, it's a lot. Let me tell you an experience that happened to me recently, vis-a-vis thermostat, like home touchpad issues while staying in an Airbnb. We were in uh, Oswego, Illinois, which is a Chicago suburb, and we had gotten an Airbnb for a couple of nights and. Um, you know, cold morning like this one, and I took a shower, and I took a hot shower, and it was long, and there was no, like, fin fan in the bathroom. Okay. So in order to, like, you know, let the steam... Yeah, release escape, the steam. Yeah, release the steam so that I could shave, I could see my image in the, in the mirror, I had to open the door, and... The house has one of these smart house pads where everything's, you know, on a uh, on an iPad hanging on the wall. House of the future. House of the future. And there was a... It was wired into the smoke detector. And apparently, smoke detectors can be tripped by... By steam. Lots of steam. Yeah. So, like, the smoke detector was inches away from the bathroom. Uh, so, I open the bathroom door. I'm shaving. The smoke detector goes off. <laughs> the police arrive. They did. Shut up. Nope. I swear. Oh, my gosh. So, like, ten minutes later, so... Hold up a minute. Look at that gorgeous view. That's the Tennessee River there. I Uh, love that. Better view of it when we go over this little stand of trees here. I'm getting deja vu. I think we had this same exchange on the podcast before. Yeah. But, folks, go come to Tennessee. It is lovely. Yeah. See, look. Look here right there. Oh, yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, Little little islands and... 
very pretty stands of trees yeah beautiful um anyway yeah the the fire department came and I'm standing there in my towel like you know mashing buttons on this iPad <laughs> trying to get it to turn off and it was a whole thing <laughs> terrible but, uh, <laughs> you know in, in my day smoke detectors just beeped really loud yeah. and then you would go oh I either do or don't need to call the fire department yeah right yeah, they left the, like the agency up to the right. person, you know. Um, <laughs> it's so stupid. It made me wonder how many of those false alarms they get. Every oh yeah, week, you know, from that one Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, did you remember a, uh, a movie, a Disney movie that's probably from the late '60s or very early '70s, starring Kurt Russell, okay. called "The Computer That Wore Tennis Shoes"? I remember it existing. I never saw. it. It's on Disney Plus now. I rewatched it the other day. Uh-huh. It's amazing. It's like at the beginning they're they're like all boys private school. Or no, no, I think it might be a co-ed private school. Either way, it, it's like that's a very appealing setting yeah. for me. I never went to a private school like that. No, me too. And like the idea of all the hijinks yeah. and having the same headmaster for all these years. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So <laughs> he they get a, a computer with a grant, right? Yeah. And the mathematics professor is showing them what a computer can do. Yeah. And it's a whole room, right? It's like the like yeah. a whole room size computer. Yeah. It uh, he opens the the bedroom door and lets the dog out. Yeah. It turns the lights on. Yeah. And it picks up the phone and it calls the grocery store and orders in a robotic voice. Yeah. Their groceries. Yeah. And I remember thinking, yeah, right. Yeah. I because I was going to order their groceries. That's so stupid. I'm watching it 20 years or yeah. 15 years after it came out, going, we're no closer to that now. Yeah. I can't imagine my Apple IIc doing that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, and yet they were right on. And so it makes me worry a little bit because later in the movie, Kurt Russell is like trying to replace a part in the computer and gets struck by lightning. Yeah. And he becomes a living computer. Okay. And, <clears throat> I love it. I'm getting choked up just talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I know, I know. It's hard. <clears throat> when he, uh, when he thinks, it makes like beep, boop, beep, 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 yeah. sounds. Yeah, yeah. What if that, what if that happened? <laughs> That's not... See, that was the courtesy lap right there. Lap. Yeah, yeah, total courtesy lap. Um, all that setup for that... All that setup for that, for that very tepid laugh. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think... I think you raise a good point. And I... <laughs> I, I want to hear you on this, though, because... Similar to having three thermostats uh-huh. and thinking that it would bring a man pleasure, <laughs> but it's actually or at a, least peace, a bigger burden. You know what I mean? Uh, it's something I carry around. That's what I have to live with, right? In the same way, I remember watching like movies like that or like The Jetsons as a kid uh-huh. and going, "Oh my gosh, wouldn't it be amazing if instead of calling somebody on a kitchen phone, you could press a button and their image would be." screen right or or your watch yeah wouldn't it be amazing if like you press a couple of buttons and some food gets dropped off at your doorstep or whatever and we have all of that now and it sucks and yet it sucks (laughs) life is quantifiably worse the world is a you know gradations more horrible place than it was when we were watching those shows talk about that like to me that's interesting i think this may not even be a direct answer to the thing, but yeah. but to like add to the disconnect, yeah, yeah. In all of those futuristic depictions, yeah. There's no, there's none of this. There's no right concrete. There's no potholes. Yeah. There's no like sweatshirts. Yeah. Right. There's no like l- like uh, urban decay. Right. All there is is like 
white jumpsuits that are made of some kind of metal fabric. Yeah. And like everything's like sanit like, like what's the word? I'm not sanitary. It's all. Uh, yeah, sleek, like sanitized. surgically, yeah, like surgically scrubbed. Yeah, right. yeah, like and, and it seems like a different world. You're right. And so if you take like the FaceTime thing uh-huh. and just dump it into our world, where people still go into like a Seven Eleven and get a sixty-four ounce Mountain Dew yeah. and, and get fatter, or while where they people drink it. still go into a sit-down restaurant in a pair of sweatpants that says like "juicy" across the bottom. <laughs> right. You yeah. Know? Like you haven't made the world better. You've just yeah. increased our ability to kind of broadcast it. Yeah, you've just reminded us how much it sucks. You know. <laughs> yes, yes. Now we can view it all the time. And, yeah. and so, like your house. The, the house that you thought of as a kid in the future, yeah. where you, like, like when Marty McFly walks in and says, uh, "I'm home," yeah. and, and, like like alternate uh, timeline Marty McFly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's the main timeline Marty McFly. And I'm getting caught in the weeds. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like a regular house with right. a couple of those things added. Yeah, it was like a whole different kind of like machine house. You know, like it was a living thing, and life was just depicted on a different level. Let me ask you this though. Um, you're more of a, you're much more of a Back to the Future 2 scholar than I am. Mm. When they go into the indiscriminate future and it sucks, and it's like smokestacks, belching, pollution, and everything's kind of dark. And it's like alternate 1985 where Biff's in, in power. Yeah, but it's not 1985, it's the future. Oh, you're talking about 2015. 2015. I was going to ask you what year it was. Yeah, where Hilldale, instead of being really nice, is is nothing but a a breeding ground for Tranks, Lowlifes, and Tranks, Lobos, and uh, Zipheads. I think (laughs) that depiction of 2015, if I were to watch it now, it would be oddly accurate to the world that we're actually living in. Well, yeah, there's a bunch of, like, BuzzFeed lists of, like, all the things they got right, right down to when yeah. the Cubs would win the series. Yeah, right. But, like, yeah, like, um, I mean, we don't have self-lacing shoes, but we could. Yeah. It's just that that yeah. doesn't make any sense. But, like, yeah. the big screens everywhere. Yep. The, like, yeah, come over here and just kind of, like, thumb me, thumb me a hundred bucks or whatever he yeah, says, yeah, where yeah. you just, like, yeah. send credits to somebody. Like, right. that's Venmo. Like, yeah, I mean, Venmo, PayPal, you know, right. They, they were kind of stuck in their own grid in that, like, there were fax machines mounted on every wall, yeah. belching out paper instead right, of just right, right, text. Right. But, yeah, like, I feel like it was pretty accurate, and they were trying to show, like, the worst possible version of the yeah. <laughs> Not the worst possible, but kind yeah, of, like, yeah. the, the, the grim, like... Sort of the, the version that gives the most rise to sin nature, right? Mm. Um... Which I feel is the world that we're living in at present. Here's the thing. Like, how often does the JITS catch you and Needles interfacing a transaction that gets you fired because of the, the surveillance, you know? Is that, that was a thing. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here again, we're, 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 we're worlds apart. Having a moment where you're going layers deep on something. Now, let me just explain it to you. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy named Needles played by Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I remember that. Dude, and Flea had a nice run as like a movie dirtbag. Movie dirtbag, yeah. movie kind of like a, like a, a henchman kind yes. of situation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, he was also in Globowski, uh, wasn't he? Dude, can I do 30 seconds on a Flea thing that I want to get? Flea me. I wanna, yeah, I want to get your like take on if anybody else has pulled this off. He managed to be menacing. While also being very small, he was yeah. small but scary. Because he looks crazy. He has crazy yes, eyes. He has crazy eyes. There's nothing scarier than a crazy-looking guy. Yeah. In fact, being small almost makes it more because you're like he's gonna make up for the 
But like Steve Buscemi was small and with crazy eyes, but not You're scary. right. There was no you malice know? there. Yeah, there Although no malice. he's scary once in a while. Once in a while. Did you ever yeah. see things to do in Denver when you're dead? That's like the ultimate 90s movie. No, never saw. He's like a like a hitman in that, and okay. he's really creepy. Um it's the you, little door on the back of this camper. Is with that the world, yeah. Yeah, it charms me. Ah, it's a very little camper. Yeah, I wouldn't want that, but I'm glad that guy has it, if that makes Let's sense. Let's get a look at that guy. Oh, look at that guy. Did you see that Dude, guy? No, I didn't. Is he a little old man? He's a little old man with a big, bushy mustache. Oh, oh dude. I bet that guy's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good guy. Yeah. Um, but but I think that, like, certain kind of guy that's, like, real little and real nuts. Yeah, yeah. And is lashing out at the world because yeah. he's little yeah. and partially because he's nuts. Yeah, it's, it's a scary guy. It's one of my... My biggest phobias. Yeah, sure. Yep. I, I, I'd rather fight a big guy who who is like probably going to hold back because he knows that he, he doesn't need to go to jail for like breaking my skull and killing me or, yeah, or right. putting me in a coma or something. Yeah. But the little guy, yeah, he's just going to like cut your carotid and keep on. Where were you at on um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers as a band? I liked them. Yeah. I didn't. Really? I, I didn't dislike them. I wasn't like, oh, they suck. But like, I never bought a record. I never, I would often change the channel when their songs would come on. Really? Yeah, it just didn't resonate with me, you know? What's funny to me is that uh, I was I was watching The Good Place. Did you ever watch that? It's got no. Ted Danson, so you, you'd probably like it. I probably uh, They're trying to determine whether you're going to heaven or hell or doing a basic uh, test because yeah. you're in the afterlife. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the questions was, have you ever uh, gone to see a live performance of California funk rock band the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> and obviously that was going to be a mark toward going to hell yeah. um, and I was like I never thought of them as funk but yeah. thinking of them in those terms makes me like them a lot less Yeah. and uh, my, my buddy Alex uh, that's all he listens to and I'm not exaggerating Yeah. that's it Red Hot Chili Peppers all of them and now what do you think it is about them that resonates with him and sub question mm-hmm. Do you think that he has, in the same way that you and I have, let's say, like a semi-fascinated, semi-worshipful posture toward, like, Brad Pitt, um, vis-a-vis, like, wanting to be him in some ways, do you think that Alex has a similar relationship with, like, Anthony Kiedis or Flea vis-a-vis the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Gosh, I hope not, because those guys are real dirtbags. Real skinny, like, heroin-addled dirtbags. I just think he likes the way the music makes him feel, and it's the kind of music that has a very evocative, like... When I hear, like, Under the Bridge... Yeah. Like, it takes me back to a particular... Yeah, very moment time, time and place. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's too young to have really remembered most of their music as new. Yeah. But like, I, I think it's a it's the kind of music that really kind of reorients your mood yeah. to the to the music. It can. Yeah. But what can. about this, dude? Yeah. Brad Pitt as the bass player for <laughs> Chili Peppers. Better or worse? I'm in, uh, better. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> what's so, the What's the band for you that like fixes the mood? Like recenters the mood if it's if it's going off the rails. Currently or, or past? Both. Yeah. Um, gosh, this is oddly specific and uncool. Okay. Massively uncool. There's a there's like a three or four song, like Kenny Loggins run, that if I listen to any of those songs, it elevates the mood a little bit. Okay. Now, are we talking Danger Zone or are we going deep cuts here? A little deeper. What are they, dude? Give me a couple of them. Like the yeah. ones that, like, if if you're in a bad mood and someone's like, "I only have Kenny Loggins here," what song are you going for? Um, okay. Um, well, they're both associated with bad movies. Okay. Um, 
One is from the Stallone arm wrestling movie Over, Over the, the Top. Over the Top, okay. Uh-huh. And the song is Meet Me Halfway Across the Sky. Yeah, Tell me a few bars. I don't know this one. Meet me halfway across the sky Out where the world belongs to only you I and may have I. heard that. I don't know. It's okay. actually a great 80s power ballad. It works as a love song, uh-huh. but also because I've seen over the top. It works as an arm wrestling song. It works. It works also <laughs> as an arm arm wrestling song. Listen, we're going to turn this song on, and one of two things is going to happen. So, <laughs> oddly specific again, um, and you know that like father son stuff in a movie is like catnip to me. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't get enough of it. And over the top, despite being a terrible movie, was kind of a great father and son movie. Uh-huh. In that. He's a long-haul truck driver and also a world-class arm wrestler. In the arm wrestling circuit that totally exists. In the arm wrestling circuit in, that in this created fantastical world people care about. Yeah. Um, more than gymnastics. More even. than gymnastics. <laughs> more than even gymnastics. I thought it was odd could. at the end of that when Mary Lou Retton actually won. The <laughs> won. She did the over-the-top <laughs> motion. And, and I love the idea of like the secret crane technique move yeah. for the simple act of arm wrestling. <laughs> yes. It's so stupid. And I love the idea, like maybe the biggest leap of all that that movie makes is not even that 60,000 people are packing arenas to watch, <laughs> right. to watch arm wrestling. But that no one else on the circuit ever thought of ever it. thought of like going like this with your fingers <laughs> and in doing so having like a thirty three percent advantage in in arm wrestling. You know, it's it's absurd that no one would have thought of that. It was the eighties, and you, you, there was a formula, and you could just crap out a hit movie. Yeah, and I think the the whole thing was kind of a metaphor for the relationship, yeah, though, right? Yeah, too. Yeah, so it was. I, I remember liking that movie and renting yeah. it from Showtime Video a couple times. Yeah, yeah, and it is a good father. Son kind Good of father, yeah, movie. and and it, it has actually another trope that you and I really love, which is like swanky Tony boys boarding schools. Oh yeah, in that that's where he has to again like kind of rich his kid out with of, metaphor. Yeah. He drives the truck. Yeah, it's a, it's a real kind of class struggle commentary yeah. and yeah. over the top. I feel yeah. like um, America really needs to rediscover that. If the yes. healing's ever going to begin. If the healing's going to begin. Yeah. I need to talk to some of the angsty sociology profs at my university and get their kind of academic read on over the top. <laughs> we could write a white paper. We could. We, Why wait for others? Yeah. Dude, maybe an over the top white paper. So, no, that's one Kenny Loggins song. Um, the other one is Nobody's Fool, which was the theme song from Caddyshack, which is a movie that, that I That we hate. don't even like. Yeah, yeah, that we don't even like. I don't know, there's something about the Kenny Loggins voice, the tempo, the cadence, the kind of like hap- happily structured, like cordant experience with that music that like, it does elevate lately. Dude, um, when you when you sat down in the theater to watch Top Gun Maverick, yeah. and it began with Danger Zone, didn't you immediately know it was going to be a great movie? Uh, dude, everything about that movie was just... Not awful. everything. Not everything. Not the erotic sailing sequence. Yeah. And the subsequent sex scene. Oh my gosh, so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable, yeah. For everyone, especially Tom. That's like the moment in the movie where you get up to go take a leak yep. or like refill your yeah. popcorn. And I get some popcorn, yeah, yeah, I yeah. just stretch my legs a minute. Yeah, you I got know. a good 10 minutes here. Yeah. Awkward attic sex just to avoid. Yeah, there's something like on, on that sex sequence and that erotic sailing sequence. Tom Cruise totally works as like a fighter pilot doing unbelievable things behind the, the stick, right? Um, 
Well, I was laughing at something else. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah there yeah. was a very funny billboard. Yeah, yeah right. Um, and yet, anytime the scene requires him to be especially human, which anything erotic would require, right? Because, like, wooing uh-huh. someone or making some kind of, like, a heartfelt connection that would lead to sex... It requires a, an amount of humanity that he can't deliver. But what about I'm here for my wife? I mean, that's as human as it gets. And he yeah, knocks but that it was out of the park. That was Tom Cruise circa 30 years ago. 25 oh, okay, years I think he's ago. lost some of that. I think he's lost it. Okay, yeah, I think he's lost it. I I, I love Tom Cruise. I yeah. know he's nuts. I know Scientology is wacky, but yeah, uh, right. I, you know what? I don't just love him as an actor. I love like how he does everything 110. percent yeah. They didn't even show him holding his breath for like four minutes in that Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I gotta do it. I'm just gonna I'm challenging myself to do it. Do you think in real life? Okay, let me let me start this again a two part question. Part one, you're about to go to the airport and, and get on a flight. And this is uh, like really happening or this is uh, No, this is really happening, but it's also a hypothetical. Okay. Do you ever fantasize about running into certain famous people in the airport and being in a scenario where you could talk to them and wondering how it would go. Like, do you ever do that? In, I'm in so head? embarrassed, but yes. I do too. Okay. I, yeah, I do too. No, I absolutely do. And the second part of the question is, if Tom Cruise were to be on the same crappy United Airlines flight as, you, as you're about to get on... He could be flying it because he's an accomplished pilot, yeah, by the way. he could be flying it. But if he was waiting in the same, like, gate... Area. Instead of on his own private jet. Instead of on his own yeah. private jet. Um, and you were to chat, do you think you would enjoy the experience? Yes. How do you think you would do? I think I would do great because I've seen, like, hours of him being interviewed. Yeah. I know what makes him angry and makes him go off. Okay. And I know what he likes to talk about and yeah. makes him, like, really excited. What makes him angry? Uh, if you ask about past relationships that yeah. bombed he gets really pissed yeah, yeah. If, in fact I've been watching a lot of Tom Cruise interviews lately actually which is strange that this happens to talk about why that is I think we I mean we watched Top Gun Maverick together in the theater yeah. uh, not that long ago my son yeah. and I saw it opening weekend then my whole family saw it just a couple weeks ago Yeah. and I watched like one thing him talking about that movie and then my YouTube just started throwing things up Yeah, yeah. and so I just started watching them yeah. I watched the jump the couch one yeah. Uh, and, and everything. He gets really angry if you bring up, like, psychiatry. Yeah. Stuff like that. Or question Scientology. Sure. So I, he gets really excited if you ask him about, like, his work. Yeah. And, and like how he's accomplished. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he gets, like, the crazy eyes. And he gets going, yeah. I would love to be the author, the source of the crazy eyes in Tom Cruise one day. He's a little guy with crazy eyes that I don't find scary. Yeah. Well, I'm getting a little scary. I like that he's a little dangerous. Dude, if I was in the airport with him, I would ask, like, a thousand questions about Jerry Maguire. But I'd keep it all to Jerry Maguire. Really? Yeah. And he'd only, he'd think you'd only seen Jerry Maguire in none of his I'm other movies. I'm fine with that. I don't oh. Care. Yeah. Jerry See, Maguire. I'd want him to know that I was a super fan. Yeah, Jerry Maguire is the one that I really connect with on a human level. I think it's a brilliant movie, and I know you do too. Oh, yeah. Um, Dude, that's, that's way up there. Yeah, I, w- I would want to go deep dive on, like who he spent time with in the NFL and, and what agents he hung around with and what that looked like and all the research that went into, you know, the, the making of Jerry Maguire. But um, working with, like, that iteration of Cuba Gooding Jr., yeah, I just think it'd be a, a fun conversation. What's, okay, so what's your second and third uh, favorite Tom Cruise movies? 
All right, so... I mean, I'm going to go all the way back to the outsider's risky business, like, yeah, yeah. his whole career. Number one is Jerry Maguire, for sure. Um, number two might be Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, it was really It good. was a really was satisfying, really, really fun movie. And I love how it was, like, him being him with stuff like, you know, you're... You're a, you're an antique. What you do is gonna disappear soon. And him saying like maybe, but not today. Like yeah. like I'm still here making these movies, and I, I don't. I really like it's triumphant. Dude, number three is a weird one, and this speaks to like as we as we talk about it now, how really I'm not a Tom Cruise fan because I'm Ooh. having trouble even coming up with movies of his. Like, all right, so the Mission Impossibles I enjoy. Yeah, but they're boring. Uh, they're kind of boringly enjoyable, but I do enjoy them. Um, can watch him with Maxim. He loves him. We, we enjoy him together. Um, but they're the kind of movies if you tap out for 12 minutes to like buy something on eBay or like look at your phone or whatever, you're not missing anything. Uh, Ted, I can't even imagine you looking at your phone during a movie. Really? I'm kidding. Yeah, I do it often. I know. I was, it was, yeah. I was just, it was a little. Do you? No. You don't, you don't, you don't look at your phone ever during a movie. If I was alone watching a movie and I was just like trying to fill time, maybe. But if we're if I'm sitting down to watch a movie, I put my phone in another room. Really? Preferably on another ho- uh, floor of the house. Yeah. That's incredibly disciplined of you. Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I don't like to divide my attention if yeah. I'm trying to follow a, if I care about it. If I care yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. If it's just nothing. See, yeah. I don't care about Mission Impossible. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy what I enjoy about it. I do. I, I bought I all those movies it. for like seventy-five bucks on Vudu because I went. I just watched them again and again. Interesting. I love those movies. Yeah, those movies to me exist in a category with like the James Bond movies. See, I, I I don't care about those at all. Which I theoretically like, but I'm bored to death with. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, all right. So my third favorite Tom Cruise movie. There's a thing that Tom Cruise does that I like. I like it when he's young and full of himself and cocky. And there was this movie from the late 80s called Cocktail. Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed Where Cocktail. Where Kokomo came from. Yeah, yeah. Cocktail was a bartending movie, which was like a, a weirdly niche 80s thing. Like yeah. making, making a niche movie of this one thing. I can and spin bottles and yeah, then I can pour spin bottles. Yeah. I can toss them around. I'm doing the like megawatt grin. I'm charming women. Um... I'm kind of like I got this hard scrabble like backstory. Dude, that's a good third choice, man. Yeah, that's a that's a great one. See, you've hit on all three kind of flavors of Tom Cruise. All, there. all three the types. Super intense. Yeah. Going for the goal guy. Yeah. The I'm like sneaking into a building or bombing something or whatever, yeah. like the action guy. Yeah. And then in that one, just a kind of fun loving, playful, Cocky, young, trying yeah. to figure it out guy. Yeah. Yeah, with the crooked grin. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I love that. That's a good top three, yeah. dude. Dude, thank you. It sounds, your, like, it sounds like you're a fan of Tom Cruise. I think I am. Maybe I'm talking myself into it. What's your what's your Cruise top three? See, I have a hard time deciding just because there's so many to choose from. Yeah. But I would say number one, definitely Jerry Maguire as well. So good. I liked his Jack Reacher, even though I know he's like Jack Reacher supposed to be huge like the guy in the Prime series. No, I like series. that too. But I liked his. I, I loved the moment when the, the guys wanted to jump him outside the bar and he goes, before we do this, I want you to remember... You wanted this. <laughs> yeah. I like that, too. I like the vibe of that character a lot. And nobody really talked about that movie, but I watched it a few times. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'd say, um, I'm not going to call Tropic Thunder a Tom Cruise movie, but I liked him in that an awful lot. Yeah. I think my third one's going to have to be Rain Man. 
Okay, great. I think he, yeah. He's just so good in that. Yeah. Tom Cruise does something really well, which is vulnerability yes. poured into anger. Like, this yes. guy is, like, he can't let you touch him. He yeah. can't let you see how kind of broken he is. So he's just going to lash out, yeah. which is a sad thing. And when the movie, like, starts somebody there and moves them into real vulnerability, real pathos. I yeah, really yeah. love that. Oh, you're right. That's a that's a great wheelhouse. And I think to some degree, Jerry Maguire kind of does that. Like, yeah. I love the oh, scene yeah. outside of Veteran Stadium in Philadelphia where... He and Rod have the argument where he calls Rod a paycheck player. Mm. He's like, uh, he's like, you got no heart, you know? And Rod's like, no heart. No I'm all heart, mother. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I love that scene so much. Um, Dude, they're both amazing. They're in that so movie. good, and they're so good together. And you really buy their friendship. That was great. They had to be friends in real life as a result of making that movie. Oh, yeah. You know? Dude, the, the moment at the end that really, like, highlights it is when the player... Um, looks at Jay Moore's character and goes, why don't we have that kind of relationship? Yeah, and he's yeah. like, goes to hug him because he'll do anything. Yeah, the guy's like, yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't earn it. But yeah, yeah that movie yeah. earns it for sure. It's so and, good. And it's a twofer. Yeah. Because you get both that relationship with... Uh, Jimmy Gooding Jr. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Rod Tid- Tidwell. Tidwell, yeah. Tidwell. Um, and, and then the one with his wife, which I think... Both, I don't know, I, I like them equally. Yeah, I do too. I love a friendship movie as much as, and I do love like a good like, yeah, uh, like romantic plot movie if it's got a good story. Yeah, I, totally. I, I, you know, I, I'm not like, oh, it's a chick movie. No, Never. but that one, that one did. That one had a really good, really like good. they earn it, they pay everything off. She's delightful and charming in it. She has a great older sister, Bonnie Hunt, yes. uh, who I love. What does yeah. she, she say to him? Like the threatening, like little... If you F this up, I'll kill you. Yeah, I'll kill you. And, and you believe like, her. You yeah. believe her and 100%. Like, I'm glad we had this talk. <laughs> dude, and the kid in that is great. Yeah, yeah. I, I might watch that tonight. It's so good, dude. Now, I, so, so that's good. one that I'd like my son to see, but there's like a really like gratuitous scene at the beginning that doesn't add anything, which I guess is what gratuitous means. Yeah. Um, I just have to figure out how to skip that, that was without the 90s, anything it, showing. It was kind of the, it was at the tail end of like no context you know, gratuitous sex scenes in movies. So dumb. Every, so dumb. Like, I have a theory. If I'm watching it with my parents, I'm embarrassed. Frankly, if I'm watching it with my wife, I'm a little embarrassed. No, like, I agree. Wh- why is yeah. this on the screen? I Here's my theory, and I want to hear you on this. In the same way that that was stupid in the 80s and 90s, and it was so stupid, <laughs> Prestige TV has brought that back. Yes, Where yes. you have this show that yeah. has, like, impeccable... Like well-drawn characters, great uh-huh. storylines, but then but you got to endure like yeah the yeah. obligatory like four-minute nude scene at the beginning of every episode. And, and it's but like, they've uh, they've upped it. It's yeah. going to be like a I've I've bailed on shows because I have of it's stupid. gross-out stuff. Yes, that would have been like oh this is the gross-out thing that makes Dumb and Dumber four funny. Yeah, it's like diarrhea and and like or or there's something about Mary where there's yeah. you know a bodily fluid hanging from the guy's ear. Yeah, yeah. And now they're like trying to like work those elements in. To like every episode. To like a um, drama, though. Like, yeah. You pointed out years ago, very astutely, that puking had become the new crying. Yeah, that's right. And now I think they've moved beyond that. Yeah, to I other agree. things that ought not to be depicted on screen because they're yeah. just icky and weird and, and and make you seem like you're 12 years old, filmmaker. And some and somehow though. Those ideas have become like intertwined with prestige. Yes, yes. Like this is what makes this me is a very sophisticated. Presti- yes, sophisticated prestige filmmaker. And I'm just like, 
That's the dumbest thing ever. Like if Mr. Smith Goes to Washington would have included a masturbation scene, it would have yeah, been yeah. way, way... De- and you're like, no. Yeah, it would have no. been an art film. You, you know, know why it didn't? Because that is gross and dumb. Yeah, and, exactly. And there's no... And, and honestly, I can't... I'm a creative guy. Yeah. I almost just said I'm a creative. Yeah, oh yeah. You're that a creative been. guy. We've both written books. I've, yeah. I've had a few published. You've had a zillion published. Can you think of a story <laughs> that really would benefit from, much less need, that kind of thing in it? I can't. I can't either. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and it's dumb because there are shows that I, like, legitimately want to watch, but that I know I, I just won't, you know? Yeah, yeah, Maybe no. For that reason. Well, because you don't want to put something completely worthless in front of your yeah. eyes and have it, like, yeah. transferred into your brain. forever. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, I don't know. Um, Which oh. then means I can do without it. Because probably, even if it's really well done... The fact that that's part of the worldview of the person crafting this world yeah. means, at the end of the day, it wouldn't have, it would have been of no, you know, profit. Can anyway. I can I do a real granular kind of very specific Jerry Maguire thing? It's like a ten second stretch of the movie that makes me really sad. Okay, and it makes me really sad in a very specific way um, because it mixes carnal things with very innocent things. Okay. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that too and I, I sense that you would hate it and I think you're going to agree with me on this. It's when Jerry and uh, the girl, I'm blanking on her name in the movie, Renee Zellweger's character, uh, when they have their first date and then they come home and they're making out on the porch for a super long time. Mm-hmm. That, that scene's 90 seconds too long. And then it cuts to they're in the bedroom and it's clear that they're about to have sex and she steps on one of Ray's toys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that, dude. I, I get very intensely sad for like 15 seconds when that happens and it happens every time I watch the movie and I've seen it 25 times. Your thoughts? I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. I find that this sort of thing affects me more and more as I get older yep. to the point where Every time we rewatch through the 11 seasons of Cheers, yeah. I get a little more bummed out by the way Sam lives his life. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's all throwaway ha-has. Yeah, we yeah. were watching also How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Uh, we had watched it all the way through, and we were like, let's watch all of it but the last two seasons because they're garbage. Yeah. So we're doing this, and, and I was annoying my wife because, like, Barney... I don't yeah. know if you watched that show, but Never. but it yeah. was Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, yeah. He's basically like the womanizer as well. Yeah, yeah. He's keeping track of how many women he's slept with, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And there's not a lot on screen, and it, and it portrays him as sad. So it's yeah. like, it's, it's not glorifying it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like he keeps like having these goofy ways that he like leaves a note yeah. that he was a ghost or whatever, and, yeah. and he leaves these things while the woman is in the shower, because the joke is that every time the woman goes immediately into the shower, which tracks. Yeah. And then uh, the last time through, I'm like, she's going to come out and like there's just going to be a note and she's going to feel all oh, it's probably yeah. the worst day of her life like right, right. this is awful yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah you've, you've done a truly reprehensible thing here yes you yes know? and, and the, the show's making light of it and, and you're supposed to not like because A that person doesn't exist yeah and B they were just played by someone who was excited to have the break to be like you know yeah. in a scene with Neil Patrick Harris yeah, yeah. but like there are dirt bags like that in real life. Yeah. And I don't want that reminder shoved in my face when I'm trying to, like, unwind at the end of the day. Right. And, and so, yeah, I think a lot of those, like, really sad moments that are played for ha-has. Yeah. They get me more with every passing year. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And it, yeah, and 
to your point, in Jerry Maguire, it was supposed to be funny that they're fumbling around in a bedroom that has kids' toys in it. But, oh my gosh, that hits as, like, it hits at the saddest level there is, you know? Um, there's nothing funny about it. Now, I guess it could have been sadder if she was married, but... Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. But um, you know what I love about that movie is, like, the realism of, like, them getting married, maybe not even for the best reasons. Yeah. But out of a little bit of necessity. Yeah. And falling slowly in love to the point where they maybe don't even see it happening. Yeah, that's right. And uh, she's still, like, living in this world of, like, no, no, you married me because you love my son and you think I'm kind of okay, too, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then them both realizing, no, we really actually, love we, this yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that, that's such a great movie, dude. Cameron Crowe, right? Cameron Crowe. Right, the run, master. Run through all the Cameron Crowe movies. You can stop listening now, listeners. This is going to get boring. But run through no, no, all the Cameron Crowe movies and, and rank rank them. There are some of them I haven't seen. I'll run through all of them that I love. Because I think he has a... Go ahead. I need to rewatch Almost Famous. Yeah, I know you so love good. it. I yeah. watched it once and I was like... I don't get the appeal. I gotta watch it again. Yeah, yeah. I think I could get it. Yeah. Almost Famous is like an elite journalism movie, an elite rock and roll movie, like an elite just writing a general movie. It, it hits a great Philip Seymour Hoffman movie. Mm. That's probably two or three in the pantheon for me of Cameron Crowe movies. So to me, he had like a four or five movie run of just absolute bangers just movies that are almost perfect and the run is yeah where's this guy going i'm gonna get around yeah yeah the run is say anything so cusack so good yeah yeah great kind of teenage maybe my favorite movie i love say anything so that was the first camera crow that i loved so say anything singles jerry Maguire. what's singles singles is you just were talking about this yeah yeah group of people, group of like early 20-somethings living in Seattle, all in the same apartment building. It's like the true and better friends, to be honest. Okay. And they're all trying to make it, and one of them is Matt Dillon as like... Oh, I like Matt Dillon. Cliff Pontier. He's the front man for like a grunge band in Seattle, and he like silkscreens t-shirts. And the other one is... Gosh, his character's name is Steve Dunn in the movie. He's like Mr. 90s. Um, Gosh, Aaron and I are going to watch this tonight. You got to, dude. You'll love it. And his character is like a civil engineer. He's trying to create like the the super train that will get people out of their cars. And okay, you know. Um, and so Bill Pullman's in it, and there's all these all these great kind of iconic '90s people in it. The guys from Pearl Jam are in it as <laughs> as Cliff Ponte is band. Oh, and the nice. movie came out in like 92 which is right when Pearl Jam was starting yeah. to pop so as all that Seattle kind of music stuff is popping you're seeing it on the screen and you're seeing these people on the screen and it's just a fun movie about how friendships get made in like early adulthood and how people fall in love or don't fall in love um, it's called Singles, it's really good and then after that is Jerry Maguire and then right so after you're that you're putting this above Jerry Maguire no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying oh, chronologically. Oh, you're just going chronologically through it. Yeah, okay, yeah. I thought we were doing... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. And then I'll do chronological, and then I'll do my ranking. So next chronologically is Jerry Maguire, then Almost Famous, then a movie called Elizabethtown, which I adore. This is the Orlando Bloom, but you actually like it. Orlando Bloom, but I like it. Have you seen Elizabethtown? No, and we told you we were going to watch it, and then we never did it. I don't know why. Dude, Elizabethtown... Who's the girl? Is it Keira Knightley? No, it's... Um, um, 
the kind of Snaggletooth girl, but she's really cute. But not Kira Knightley. No, not Kira Knightley. Also Snaggletooth. Yeah. Though. What else um, is she in? It's Kirsten Dunst. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah cute blonde. She I like plays, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Yeah. She plays a flight attendant, and she meets uh, Drew Baylor. That's the 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 guy's character's name. If we're going with Kirsties, I like Kirstie Alley better. Oh, but. sure, absolutely. But they meet in a flight because he's flying home. It sounds depressing, but it isn't, dude. It's so redemptive and heartwarming. He flies home to bury his dad, who's just passed away. But preceding that is he's had the most massive professional failure imaginable. Like, he's a shoe designer for Nike in the created world of the movie. And his, like, you know, triumphant shoe has had to be recalled because he screwed some mundane, mundane detail. Oh, okay. And, um... Like the little handle on the jerk, it, like, messes up your, yeah, your ankles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, his life has, has crashed and burned. But he meets this girl, and the movie's kind of all about them falling in love and him, you know, remembering what was amazing about his dad. She creates, like... She curates, like, a road trip book for him. You would love this as a lasher. It's a great lashing movie. <laughs> she lashes this thing together with like CDs and maps, and this is all in the analog world pre smartphones. And the idea is he has to drive back to Seattle or wherever he's from, from Elizabethtown. And she doesn't want him to fly, she wants him to take this road trip. And then, do you want me to spoil it for you? Or no. No? Okay. no, 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 I won't then. Um, but yeah, really great movie. The critics kind of trashed it. They critics sort of see that movie as like the end of Cameron Crow. Ah, but I see it as like a really amazing movie that I love. So my my Crow pantheon, and then I want to hear yours is, and it's close on all these. Honestly, Jerry Maguire and Say Anything might be tied for me for number okay. one. Uh-huh. I have such a high view of both of those movies. So they would both be up there as like one and one A. And then I think I'm going Elizabethtown number two. And then I'm going almost famous number three. And then singles number four. That's where I would be with Cameron Crowe movies. And none of his other movies make the pantheon. There's a couple other ones that you don't like that are Tom Cruise movies like Minority Report and Vanilla Sky. Yeah. Vanilla Sky was terrible. Yeah. That's what I heard. Um, Those are Cameron Crows. Yeah. Interesting. So he, like, got away from, from being kind of relatable and, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would say definitely number one has got to be Jerry Maguire to yeah. say anything. Yeah. And then I'll see wh- what I think about uh, singles, and then I'll tell you yeah, where yeah, I stand yeah. on that. You know, you know what I think he does really well? And it's kind of gone out of fashion, which maybe informs why he's gone out of fashion. Sentimentality. Mm, yeah. And I'm a sentimental guy. I think you're a sentimental guy. And we like this. And we like sort of being led through various sentimental scenarios by someone who understands it at the level that we do. And I think that's Cameron Crow um, for me. I enjoy it. In, in the way that, like, Wes Anderson is, like, the opposite of sentimental. But I still enjoy that. Um, yeah. And those movies have their moments sentimentality-wise, I think. Yeah, yeah. They each try to shoehorn one kind of character idea into the movement yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Right. Um, But it's always sad. Yes. It's always tinged yeah. with sadness. Yeah. I, 
I think I'm going to, when we get to McKay's here, I'm going to try to find singles on DVD. Oh, you should. And you know what? You'll find it because I feel like they printed a billion copies of singles. <laughs> I feel like there's always like four copies of McKay's. I hope I can get one for a quarter. I hope you can too. All right. You'll enjoy like the um, the experience of the 90s through that movie, even if you don't love the movie itself, if that makes sense. Um, but I think you'll, you'll enjoy the movie too. Dude, we're at an hour and a half. May as well... Yeah. Land this plane. <laughs> okay. Uh, we've done what we always do on this program, and until next time. Oh. I know. I mailed it in. Don't Let do me that, do it again. buddy. We've done what we always do on this program, and until next nope, time. Nope, nope. Wrong podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Wrong podcast. Dude, that hurts. Yeah. Well, I mean, it has been like six months since we were recorded. We did it uh, last night. Yeah, we did do it last night. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We've done what we always do on this. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm mailing it in like uh, James Conn on the program at this point. <laughs> We've done what we always do on this program. And we will see you. He's <laughs> changing lanes. He's changing lanes in the pause. Next time. <laughs> 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 Let's make a run for it and get lost in